This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. The topic for today's episode is the three lanes of the go-to-market highway. Here to speak with me is Dirk Schard, who is the Chief Marketing Officer and President at Reflect, a technology company that enables any business or industry to create their own in-house augmented and mixed reality applications, as well as provide state-of-the-art remote support with intelligent routing. Dirk is a brand and growth leader, helping tech companies to build desirable products and bring them to market. His credo is different is better than better, which defines his go-to-market strategies. He's the author of an augmented reality marketing book and creator of the Tech Circle community. He turned Reflect into the number one enterprise AR startup, paved the way for Hyperloop TTS's SaaS and Marketplace products, launched Beyond's VR platform globally, and helped the mobility startup Skywork to grow from 30 to over 200 people in less than 18 months. Dirk, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here in that episode with you. Before we explore today's topics, I would like to find out more about you, Dirk. Um, tell our listeners about how you got started in your career and how you ended up where you are at the moment. Absolutely, Stefan. And so my background is in, 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 in marketing and, and communication science. I studied marketing. I did a master's, master's degree in communication science. And then, uh, interestingly enough, I, I started my career in business development and sales enablement before shifting to sales and spent a couple of years uh, in sales before I returned to marketing, um, which uh, gives me um, a really good perspective and understanding for how sales teams work and what sales teams need. After that, I joined an aviation startup uh, called Skywork, um, a rapidly growing company where I built the communications. It was very interesting, right? Where we grew from around 30 people to 200 in less than 18 months. Um, so we learned really a lot about how to scale the teams there. And then I, I, I moved uh, forward into the tech sector uh, where since um, around uh, 10 years, especially AR and, and VR. And then another big milestone for me, which then even even more kind of expanded my, my, my knowledge was when I joined Hyperloop, Elon Musk's uh, Hyperloop project uh, where we build uh, products like the augmented windows and the marketplace. And my focus was more there on the, on the product and the product marketing side and building the products from, from scratch where we learned a lot about the, how, to, how to deal with product management. And then since uh, 2019, I'm in the Bay Area, really the global marketing for Reflect. Uh, and helped uh, to build the, the entire U.S. Uh, business. Um, so it, when you combine all of that, then, then I kind of have the background in, in marketing, sales, and, and product, which helps me a lot as a CMO, kind of to play the interface and understand the different, the different perspectives and the different needs there. And uh, whenever I can, I share my knowledge as a mentor for the German Silicon Valley Accelerator to startups who uh, want to go to the U.S. and uh, how can they do their marketing and stuff like that uh, in the United States? So um, for me, everything is about uh, going to market, going to market with tech products and especially emerging tech. So in complex products, it's something I I really love. Kind of explain the complex and the new things in a very easy way and help people to understand that. Interesting. Um 
Dirk, obviously today we want to talk about, or the main topic is the three lanes of the go-to-market highway. Now, what is the go-to-market highway? So go-to-market is a process to bring a product or an experience or a service to market it means it is available in the right market, uh, ready to be purchased. Now, what I mean with the, with the go-to-market highway is that there are three different lanes and uh, the three different lanes are kind of marketing, product and sales. I'm not thinking in terms of a department, but more thinking of how can we lead that and how can we build different systems. And what I realized in the last couple of years is that most of the companies, they just think in, in one way, uh, sort of transferring that back to the highway is just driving on one lane, staying on that lane, and then being more or less successful. But especially for startups, when you introduce new products, uh, you have new audiences, uh, thinking about things like crossing the chasm where your audience changes uh, in, in, in different different markets. You need to be flexible enough and understand which audience, which market, which product needs what kind of go-to-market approach. And there are products where you're good to go with the marketing-led approach, which means you focus on inbound marketing, you have typical things like PR, and, uh, and and these kind of things outbound then is more a thing you do with a sales or sales-led approach, especially for enterprise products where you have your sales force bringing that thing to market. And then the, the last one, the product-led, is something which came up in the last two, three years. So it's quite new on one side. It's not entirely new, but it's kind of a different perspective where you use the the product as your as your main vehicle, so to say, um, have an early access to the product and let customers test that very early without having any kind of salespeople involved or any kind of marketing, other marketing activities involved. And um, so these are the three lanes, and it's it's very interesting how you can combine these. We can come and dive into some some examples there. But the best thing is really how can you combine it and drive on all lanes depending on the stage of your company and the market and your products. Mm -hmm. Now, a second ago, you said that marketing and sales are not really involved in a product-led go-to-marketing strategy or approach. Now, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, Because how would people find out about your product if if marketing and sales are not included in that approach? Yeah. That's a great question, by the way. Um, and yeah, if you if you ask the, the people who are focusing entirely on a, on a product-led growth approach, then there is even the, the opinion that you can build products and sell themselves. I don't want to go that far, uh, to be very honest, because if you see if you see the approaches of a go-to-market, you will always have all of these disciplines involved. Now, with a with a product-led approach, the the, the difference is that you really focus on letting the product do the job, so to say, right? So you, you, you have, let's take an example. Let's take an example like Figma, right? Um, and I take our, our example from our team. Um, our team came up with a, with a, with a request to say, well, we have found a new tool uh, where we can collaborate better on, uh, on design assets and stuff like that. And here's a tool, Figma, now manager, go, go and buy it. Right. And they just heard about that from 
other people in design departments in other companies. So they did not Google it, they did not look for something, they did not find it online. It's a typical word of mouth uh, and referral. So, and that's a typical example for a product-led approach, right? You, you use word of mouth, you use the product as the main vehicle to trans, kind of transport your, your, your product to the market. And when I see that, it was an easy decision because we already kind of had the buy-in from the teams. There was not even a decision, a discussion anymore, just because you know it's 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 so easy. They already saw the value, which is super important uh, for a product-led approach. That the first user experience, that aha moment, uh, is is really good. That an onboarding is 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 well planned there. That you experience the the value really really fast, and that's exactly what happened. And our team then moved on and, 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 and talked about, about Figma with other people. And that's kind of the growth model of Figma until they reach a certain point when it comes to different, um, let me say, account values per, per year. Uh, once you get higher uh, and then go into the enterprise world, then it's different. But the, the main vehicle is the product. And um, now to come back to your, to, your, to your question also, is there any kind of marketing or, or sales involved? Yes, there is to a certain amount, of course. I mean, you cannot imagine to have a pure product-led approach without having any kind of SEO involved, without maybe even paid ads involved. But even if you would reduce that, the SEO component is always there, right? Because only word of mouth, it's with time, of course, one of the biggest growth models, the biggest levers to, to, to grow that thing. But to start with, you need to have the marketing side as well. Yeah, and that makes, that makes sense, right? I mean, word of mouth is actually, at the end of the day, also a marketing form, right? Absolutely. I mean, before someone can say, hey, I love this product, you know, you got to find at least one person to use your product. And, and to hopefully like the product and then become an advocate and then basically tweet it out or write a post on LinkedIn or, or tell it to a friend um, that works in a similar industry or that can use the product and that then you know, starts hopefully a viral effect. Um, I think what I hear is basically at the end of the day, it's, it's just what, what is leading the go-to-market approach, which is, you know, the um, Figma example is the product itself. You know, how, how about HubSpot? How would you call, what approach would you see these guys have done to become what they are now? Huh. So, yeah, HubSpot is, a, is an interesting example as well. Because HubSpot did exactly the opposite of what tools like Figma or, or Miro or Slack are doing, right? What well, was Slack and, and Figma and Miro, they started with a typical product that approach with you know, the typical, let me say, pricing of maximum 2K per year. And then once they reach the threshold, they add enterprise sales teams. Now HubSpot, well, HubSpot is famous for their thought leader approach around inbound marketing, right? Uh, that's uh, how they came up with the whole CRM about their content strategy and their content loop, which is still the the core of their of their growth model now they they started with a typical marketing led approach inbound marketing uh was was the was their was their driver and then when they when they grew 
they added, of course, sales teams, right? Because they realized very quickly, okay, well, if you want to, if you want to grow that into larger companies, you need to have sales teams because you're, 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 your kind of your buying process changes, right? You don't have that singing guy who's swiping the credit card there. Uh, then you have a buying committee. There's a couple of people you have to approach there. So they added their salespeople. Now, what they what they what they started like two three years ago is to to kind of also use the product led approach. They have a freemium model. You can still use the the HubSpot CRM for free up to. A, a certain amount of uh, of contacts in your system, so they started to use the product led approach with a freemium model in place, and uh, kind of using that word of mouth to 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 drive more users into the product, and um, and let them have a, a great experience. So that's exactly the other way around. But you also see there it's a mixture. Now you could think about well, they started. 70, 80% marketing and 20, 30% sales. And meanwhile, it's probably um, a mixture of uh, 30, 30 and 40, where it is split between the, the three disciplines, right? The interesting thing is always when you see a company starts to target an additional audience, right? So like the Figmas and the, the Slacks, they started either with small and medium business or they approached mainly teams and larger companies but really smaller teams right uh, and on the other end of the of the spectrum you have then the larger enterprise and both need to have different things um, a good a good example by the way is there is that article is I, I guess five or six years old from uh, uh, Christoph Jans partner at, uh, at at nine point capital one of the investors of a couple of companies and he kind of categorized that, that there's five ways to build a, a hundred million dollar business you start kind of the bottom with the, the the really small ones which he calls flies right you can have 10 million flies with a really small amount of 10 bucks uh, or you go up and, and and have a smaller amount of uh, enterprise customers with a 100k annual uh, recurring revenue. Uh, and depending on who you have there, you need, of course, a different approach, right? For the smaller ones, you have more pro product-led involved. For the larger accounts, you have more sales-led involved. So it depends a little bit on what kind of audience do you have there. Now, from, from, your, from your experience, um, does it make sense to you know, to switch from one lane to another lane and, and have another approach take over while you're already starting to run? Or would you rather recommend that company focus on, you know, like like, like HubSpot? Um, you said they, they started off with marketing led and that they continue to focus on this one instead of kind of later on maybe go more towards enterprise um, where maybe it becomes more a sales-led approach. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, especially in the startup world, the, the resources are limited, right? So you you have a, a certain amount of resources for experimenting with different things, but you have to make sure that you don't uh, use too much uh, too much of, uh, of, of resources. However, for me, the interesting thing is, is not just to, to implement such an approach, but having the perspective and, and seeing what can we challenge there. And uh, I, I can share share a couple of things about how we did that and why we did that. But let me let me before maybe um, focus on one thing, 
yeah. when especially from my point of view, marketing is always struggling a little bit. It's about onboarding, right? In, in, in mo most of the startups, what I, what I, what I see is marketing is handing over the lead somewhere, you know, it's the typical discussion and typical scenario. And then some, someone does the onboarding and onboarding is kind of a must have. So someone needs to onboard that user or customer somehow, but this is kind of one of the most underrated channels or instruments in the whole marketing sales and customer success portfolio. And depending on your approach, you have different one, right? If you have the, the sales-led approach, you have your salespeople that are involved, they're doing that, maybe supported by customer success. If you have the product-led approach, and that's sort of fully automated, there's nobody in, involved. Now, the interesting thing is you can learn a lot from that. You can learn a lot about how they do that with a product-led approach and how they make that whole onboarding a really, really great experience. So with that typical thing, what we talk about all the time is sort of the 10X experience, right? And that's what you have. And that's what kind of was our trigger to add another approach or to, I won't even say change, because we did not entirely change it. We just added another component. And, and one of our products is a remote product. So you can, can compare that to something like uh, Zoom or MS Teams, but for the manufacturing industry, where you can support uh, in, in, in real time. And that was always a typical sales-led approach supported by marketing, but led by typical sales teams and, and selling that to enterprise buyers. And then COVID came and even before we realized, wait, there's a lot of, there are a lot of smaller companies, mid-sized companies starting to look for these kind of solutions. They are faster. They don't have these long sales cycles. They don't have these complex uh, buying processes. But what they want to have is they want to have a really fast access to the product. You know, they're not the guys who have the, 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 the spreadsheets uh, with their requirements. They're more the, the, the folks who really want to get their hands on the product. And that triggered the process. And we said, well, we, we need to change our model from a sales model to something else. And we're kind of very motivated to do that until we realize, oh, wait, our product is not really ready for that because you cannot just roll it out or onboard people automatically. It takes like two days to do it, to prepare everything, to handle the accounts and make sure that everything works. So that was the first thing. But the, the, the great thing is over, over a time of like 12 to 18 months, we improved all of that and we reduced that kind of to down to 15 minutes today and marketing and sales and, and product work together on that. And meanwhile, we, we, we improved that. We have really, you know, besides things like we have 300% of the trial requests, which is nice. Or what I really like are things like we have 30% lower number of service tickets uh, because the process is much better than it was before. And we have um, uh, much better feedback there from the customers. They get faster access to the product. And that's for me key, right? You think about what does that approach help me to do? And then you kind of pick elements out of it and add it to your existing approach and do it step by step. You don't need to turn that around from one day to the other because it's just not possible with the resources um, we have. But you can really do that step by step and learn from it. And, and that's something, you know, which takes your go to market, which brings you a lot of more flexibility to react faster, to learn more, to get more data and more insights and to make better decisions. 
That's that's interesting. Now, if someone sits out there and says, well, this is all great, but how do I select the right lane for me? So how do I decide whether I should go with a sales-led, marketing-led, or product-led approach? Yeah. So that's uh, the important question there, right? Uh, what is the criteria uh, you can use there? And I have three things I use, and you can add a lot more, but I think these three are for me important. The first one is the target market. You need to understand who is your buyer there, uh, how is the purchasing process, uh, what are the preferred channels, where do you really find these, these, these people, you know, do you have an enterprise customer, uh, do you have a small business, where, where are your customers there? And that defines, of course, what approach makes most sense. If you have uh, a market uh, full of enterprise buyers and you have a complex product, it's probably not the right way to start with a, with a product-led approach. It can help you later on. It's to take HubSpot. You mentioned it. It's a, it's, a, it's a best example. HubSpot is not onboarded and rolled out in one day. It just needs a lot of requirements before. It needs some to, 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 you need to think about what, what are you going to do with the whole thing. So there, a marketing or a sales-led approach is much better. But then when you go down to a, to a small or mid, mid-sized business um, or specific users, it, it's a completely different situation. So what kind of market do you have? What kind of audience do you have? That's the first thing. And the second thing is typically about the buying process, right? You know, and when I, when I talk about, especially monetization, right? Monetization is not only about pricing. There's a lot of things involved and that's exactly what you have to consider here. Sales cycles. Of course, with a product-led approach, you have different sales cycles than with an enterprise. Uh, approach, right? Um, you can get, of course, uh, a higher uh, account per revenue per account, but it takes longer. So how many people are there involved? How, how does that whole buying process look like? And if you know, you know, there's friction in that process, then it's maybe better to have a kind of a guide there, whether it is sales or customer success. While if you don't have friction there, well, then you go down to the marketing path or you go to uh, the product-led ap- approach. And then the third one, and that's, of course, is super important, it's, it's the product experience. I don't want to say only the product. It's really the product experience, right? How much complexity do you have there in your product? Is it a super simple product, uh, something like Miro, it's a whiteboard tool, or do you have a product like, um, you know, Salesforce or Workday? How much friction do you have in the onboarding? How easy as it is for the users to see the value there you know that first aha moment how long does it take that how much effort do you have to put into to get user adoption and how much risk of churn do you have there that's kind of everything around the product experience so these are the three things for me the target market the buying process and the product experience and if you if you have a look at these three things you will figure out quickly what is the right mixture i don't want to even say which is the right lane i just say you know how much time do you spend on which lane uh where's the the main lane so to say but then how much can you use the others so these are the the three factors i use with with our teams and also with the startups i mentor to make the decision about the right approach yeah just just to kind of to, to to emphasize it's like never just the product approach there's always marketing or sales part of it but the question is how much of sales and marketing is required in the early stages, you know, and it's just kind of an add-on um, to to the product approach, basically. 
and that might change over time as you as you kind of progress in in, in, in getting into the market and you might you might in the beginning start off with, with smaller companies but as your your product your service takes you know is being adopted you might then decide hey you know what let's go after mid-market and at some point you might decide let's go after enterprise and, and those those shifts then will will kind of make your you will have to adjust your approach for that absolutely i mean take take slack as an example yeah, right slack used their focus on a product-led approach to compete with Microsoft, right? They, they compete with Microsoft uh, Teams as a communication tool, a collaboration tool. And while, while Microsoft started with a typical sales-led approach, what they usually always have, and, uh, and focused on, on, on targeting the buyers and uh, the purchasing departments and the IT departments, and the Slack came and said, well, okay, we'll, we will target Teams. We will do a have a buttons-up approach and go there to the single users and grow out of that. And, and that worked, of course, um, until, a, until a certain stage. But then when you want to convince global IT, that does not work with the, with the product-led approach, right? You need to have experienced uh, account managers uh, to handle that. And meanwhile, uh, Slack, 50% of the Slack ARR comes from enterprise and uh, from accounts with more than 100K revenue per year. I guess that shows quite well. You can start like that, but then with the time you expand to the enterprise. And uh, there's almost no company which has a pure product-led approach or just does not grow into the enterprise area just because they realize they're, they're, there's a lot more money and you know then you get longer contracts and, and all of these things. Now before we come to an end, uh, Dirk, how, how can someone keep the focus by leveraging the product experience? Yeah, so you realize I talk a lot about the product experience rather than the, than the product. And the, and the reason for that is that you know, for me, this is the alignment. It's the piece to align the different departments, sales, marketing, product, and customer success. And avoid to have all of these discussions we usually have, say, oh, we handed over the leads and we did this and that, but the others did not do that, right? So everything is around the product experience. And, and, and that's what you need for these, for these different approaches, whether you have a sales-led or product led, and especially for the product led. Now, what I mean by product experience is I, I split that in five different different stages, right? And it starts with kind of what I call C. It's the, the part where you kind of meet the, the product the first time. You, you, don't, you don't even use it or you don't even test it, but you find it in a marketing channel somehow. Well, think about what kind of experience is that there? It's not just to have a channel there. And the next step is think about what can you, what kind of experience can you create when you try the product? And you know, it's easier with a simple product, of course, because you can download it. But what can you do in order to uh, have the same experience for a company who has a more complex product? I had a situation last week with a startup who said, "Well, you know, we cannot just let let that you just download because." We kind of need to explain them. Is it okay? But how can you how can we simulate that experience online that your users get a super fast experience and know? Oh well, this is the differentiator, right? And then it goes goes like that to apply where they really adopt the product. Then how they rate about how the 
how happy they are with it. And finally, they share that experience, right? And that's for, 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 for marketers, of course, the, the important part why I talk about the product experience. Don't leave that customer journey once you hand over or once the user is onboarded, but really take then the last part of it, use all of that content and, and, and share it and, and scale the entire journey. And that's what we do, for instance, we do user acceptance testings with all our customers and we get the feedback out of that. We get the feedback from the users, which we then can share, right? And so for me, everything is about the product experience. And for me, that helps startup teams, smaller teams to really keep the focus in, what do we have to focus on? Everything has to be connected to the product experience and how can I make that better? It's not about what marketing can do better or sales can do better. At the end of the day, it comes back to how can I create a 10x product experience? Perfect. Well, Dirk, thank you so much for joining me on the Performance Event podcast uh, and sharing your thoughts on you know, how to approach a go-to-market strategy the right way. Um, if people want to find out more about you and reflect, how can they get in touch? Yeah, well, they find me on LinkedIn, Dirk Schart. They also can have a look at my website, dirkschart.com. Uh, we post articles uh, just about the topics we uh, we discussed. And uh, if the audience wants to have a look at what Reflect does, then it is re-flect, uh, re-flekt.com. Perfect. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.